Good morning, all. Ryan Tuppy with you. It's four minutes past nine. It's Wednesday morning. It's the 22nd of the 12th, 21. And we're here till 10 o'clock. You know what that means? I was reflecting about this on Instagram, of all things, last night. I was walking along the pier in Dunlada, and I noticed in that beautiful twilight, it was about 4.15, 4.30, it was neither dark nor light. And the lighthouse has a beautiful red light, like a beacon, as lighthouses tend to be. And it was flashing beautifully in the not-too-distant um, future from me as I headed towards the end of the pier. I took a little picture of it and I said, the good news is tomorrow, and now that's today, the days are now from here on in going to get brighter earlier. That's the truth. And little shoots of the crocus and the daffodil and the snowdrop will start popping up and it's going to get a little bit easier for all of us. Um, so I just think for people, because we have seen an enormous amount of... Um, I wouldn't say great sadness because that's overstating the case, but pe- it's it's a very heavy time. And when you add Christmas to a pandemic and just to your own lives, lives and stories, for a lot of people, this is the greatest time of the year, no question. And let's not forget that. For a lot of people, it's beautiful and it's there's children and there's love and there's Christmas and there's there's excitement and all of that. Of course, there is. And then at the, at the, for, for a lot of others, there's, there's, there's a, an empty chair uh, which should have been occupied and there's an empty space in your heart that should have been um, dealt with and occupied by now but simply isn't because one of the great, unfortunate, uh, <laughs> polite lies we tell each other is that time is a healer. It's not really. Time is, is, is I think it was Bob Geldof said to me once, is it, it accommodates. You accommodate difficulties for your heart but it doesn't necessarily heal I think it's a much more honest uh, expression when it comes to these things but at least on the 22nd of December in the middle of a pandemic that doesn't seem to have end you know I've often said don't worry you know once we get through this bit we'll be at the next bit and then we'll be fine well we seem to be keep getting to the next bit (laughs) and then it's whack-a-mole you know boom then another one so it's quite hard and that's why I don't want to be you know, saying fatuous and glib things to you because I, I don't believe them. And if I don't believe them, then how would I expect you to take me on board? So I, I'm, I'm just riffing here on, on what's happening in, in, in the world as I see it. And what I see is a lot of goodness uh, amongst the sadness, I have to tell you. And there's a lot of gratitude. You know, in, in, in the most ridiculous way, I was watching at the end of Band of Brothers, looking at them in their foxholes in Bastogne, fighting against the Nazi peril. And thinking, God help us. And people have said that, you know, there was a war, World War II. Do you remember what the conditions were like there? I said, well, of course I don't. I mean, but, but watching that uh, and the, the, the last great generation and the horror that they went through. And then just last night in the episode I was watching, they liberated the camps. And you think, oh, Christ, that's a, what, what people went through. And, um, and I mean, that's not to belittle what we are going through. But nevertheless, you know, there is context for things in regard to history and who we are and, and what, what happens to us along the way. So I have loads of lovely uh, emails for you. I have some sad emails. I've got, I've got lots of different things that you've all very kindly sent in. Can I say thank you for all the cards, by the way, that, that a lot of you have taken the time to uh, not only buy, but write and then get a stamp. And I mean, that, that, that takes a lot, of, a, a lot of effort. And we read them all and we love them all. 
maybe not so much the ones with glitter on them. I've, every year I have a problem with that because it gets everywhere. I'm, I, I'm, I'm at home making dinner and the, the glitter then in the pan with whatever is there or, you know, in the grill, I see a glitter. And I think, oh, I didn't, I didn't know they had that. It must be, it must be a Christmas um, lasagna or whatever it is I'm having <laughs> with glitter on it. Because glitter just doesn't uh, go away, you know. Um, it's, 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 there, uh, for, it's, it's, it's there for life. But I think they have got now um, kind of Greta glitter. So it's, it's friendly and green and that's a good thing. I was seeing GoawayBio.ie that they were writing about uh, a, cracker, a, a, a cracker company in Loch Ray. And the reason I, I was caught my eye was because I think I did a report from that cracker company in, in Loch Ray many years ago. Um, and it closed in, it, it was sold in 2004. We employed about over 100 people in the 19, late 90s and produced 90% of the crackers in, in Ireland, imagine. And unfortunately then the, 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 the Chinese who are, you know, they, they know how to take over a particular business when it comes to these things and they sure did. They mass produced it and they came in and said, sorry, Lockray, the Chinese are in town, so our crackers are cheap and a little bit nasty, but they're absolutely fine. So good luck with that. And off the way, off the Cracker Jack company was sold and they used to supply Super Quinn. Remember that? Roach's stores, remember them? And uh, Super Value, which are still there. And they had silver trinkets and little things in them. And uh, unfortunately, like I say, the Chinese uh, companies came in and forced the factory to close back in 04. It was bought by a British greetings card and stationery maker called International Greetings for uh, £900,000, punts, Irish punts. And uh, as the writer of this story, who doesn't get a byline, but it says, the the Crackers company to go away ever since has been no joke. And good on them. No, that's not bad. Like, like that's a little twist, nice little comic twist at the end of that story in Go Away, Dottie. But I did do a report a uh, hundred years ago from Galway, from Lockray, because I remember seeing there was a there was a thing in the paper saying it's the most Christmassy town in Ireland or village, and I went off and I had the most lovely time over a few hours. And then, if I remember correctly, my tape recorder broke, and then Orla Nix in the Galway office had to send one out, and it was it turned into a Christmas nightmare. Then I got all George Bowley, Bailey. Then I didn't know what to do. Then I had my knuckles in my mouth, looking at the sky, going, "I'm not a praying man, but could you help me with my tape recorder, God?" And sure enough, the tape recorder came down. And I suddenly I was in the cathedral and it all felt holy and everyone came along and all put tapes into a big basket and we all sat. No, that didn't happen. Either way, it was a lovely, <laughs> it was a nice time. Lockray, I like Lockray a lot. And I, we always got a lovely welcome there as we did not too long ago. On our way back from, from Galway. I like the story from evoke.ie because a girl admits to panic lying. I haven't heard that expression, but it's very funny. So what happened was, I'm going to paraphrase, I'll read it for you because I've read it already. Meghan Markle comes to somewhere in Northern Ireland and this girl turns around with her flowers that she bought in a supermarket. And she's got the flowers like the way some people do when there's a royal visit at at the barrier. Meghan Markle comes over. (laughs) The the girl says, I've I've got you these flowers. And And Meghan says, oh, really? They're for me? Yes, yes, they're for you. She said... Did you did you pick them from your garden? Yes, yes I did. <laughs> yes I did. Oh really? Yes. She but she doubled down twice. She said yes twice. <laughs> yes I did. She was panic lying. She didn't. She bought them in the shop. But because Meghan Markle's looking at you and saying, "Did you get like almost force feeding this this makey uppy botanical exercise of mistruth? Did you get these in your garden? Pick them in. Your- are they from your garden? Yes, they are." Yes, they, yes. Just she just wanted the whole thing to go away, 
I mean, she didn't want to say, well, actually, Megan, now that I have you, I bought them in a shop. I was in a panic and I was going to pick some from the garden, but then I wasn't sure whether, you know, that was acceptable. I didn't have tinfoil or whatever to put at the bottom of them. So um, I decided I'd go to the shop. Now, when I went to the first shop, they had this foil wrapping. It was like a garage. So I didn't want to do that because that would just look like cheap and nasty. And you are, after all, some the duchess of something. So I thought we better do something nice for you. So imagine Megan sitting there going, sorry, I ever said anything. I just, in fact, I'm sorry you're even here. I could be at home now watching the last episode of Band of Brothers with your man and just having the crack. But no, I'm here looking at a girl lying to me, panic lying about the flowers that she bought and is now pretending to me that she grew in a garden. She probably lives in an apartment. Okay, 51551. The text comes in, uh, they come in uh, and they're still coming in, which is great. But uh, they did a survey to see what's the ideal Christmas day. Uh, the ideal Christmas day apparently uh, involves waking up at 8 a.m., sitting down to lunch by 2.30 p.m., uh, four inches of snow, uh, a glass of, of what they call fizz would be served at 10.28 a.m. So that's, I presume that's like a book's fizz type thing at, at, at half ten in the morning. Uh, board games commencing straight after the main meal, uh, maybe two festive films watched during the day. And there would ideally be 13 presents to open and at least two mince pies eaten. Yeah, I, I'll take some of that, but not all of that. I think yeah, the, the the lunch is too early. We go for a later lunch and then make it kind of kind of five-ish and this gets stuck in. Full of tubberies. No, you couldn't get a word in. I mean, you, you're doing well, but it's 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 uh, it's the food's good, the company's great, and board games are great too. So that's good. No TV, no TV goes on. The irony, beautiful, but no TV goes on at all. We just don't watch stuff because we're too busy gabbing, which is great. Tom Cruise to move into Winston Churchill's former war rooms for a Mission Impossible film. The, the reason I mention that story is not because of Tom Cruise, but if you ever get to London in the next, say, 40 years, uh, go and visit the Churchill's war rooms. They are one of, the, one of the best museums I've ever been to. So put that on your list if you happen to make it across. Ryan, uh, this week I received a Christmas box from Germany, says Ken in Dublin, complete with a glitter jam. I'm afraid to use it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, as I say, it, it ends up everywhere, Ken, so tread carefully. Please wish my gorgeous, talented niece a happy 18th birthday for this week. Her name is Kate Ryle and she lives in a thigh and she was declared as overall winner of the Poetry Aloud competition. I'm screaming now. This is usually hosted by the spectacular National Library, one of my favourites. However, due to COVID, it's changed to online, so she has missed out on having so many of us see her star shine. But thanks from Aunt Hilda and Godfather Ed and her cousins. Well, well done. Com- congratulations, Kate. And writing poetry is a beautiful skill. I was actually in uh, one of the Eastons yesterday and the manager was telling me that, uh, he said, if you're looking for poetry today, which I wasn't, he said, forget about it. And I said, why? He said, because we can't keep poetry in. And I thought that was very interesting because I think people are very reflective. He said, it's, it, he said where once it was all meditation books, that's not happening as much as it was, poetry, on the other hand, is really uh, receiving a resurgence. And I think that's a beautiful thing, a great thing. And we're a great country for poetry. So would not be a lovely gift, actually. And, you know, these great, there's great compendiums. I would highly recommend them. A poem a day, uh, you get them. And that's a great gift. It'll be 20, 30 quid for somebody who likes words or, uh, and literature. But you think, I don't want to get them a book because it's too, it's too risky. They might have read it. Yeah, I was standing for a photograph social distance uh, outside uh, the shop yesterday and another woman was stopping to ask me what was the name of the uh, <laughs> what was the name of the Agatha Christie book I'd mentioned the other day and I totally forgot so I panic lied and I said it, it was called Dumb Waiter and she said Dumb Waiter? I said yes 
and I knew it wasn't right, but I, I was really rushing to do shopping. I just had the selfie and I was having full Kirby enthusiasm. Dumb waiter. And she said, oh, okay. And she was very polite and she said, dumb waiter, is that it? Yeah. And she knew, she knew by panic light. Because I couldn't, I get the Christie, even though it sounded right, because that's of her. Anyway, I said, actually, do you know what? She goes, well, it's called Dumb Witness. I said, then I panicked truthed, uh, just so I could keep going. And, and uh, it was called a Dumb Witness, because there was a dog in the cover. It was a great cover. Please give our best wishes to, uh, sorry, then I overcompensate and said, by the way, what I'm reading at home is Hercule Poirot's Christmas which is really good because it's divided up in over five days from the 22nd of December to the 28th. So you can either choose to read a few chapters every day and see what happens on the given day. The story is preposterous. The writing is Agatha Christie and you know what you're getting and, and uh, I'm quietly enjoying it, I must say. Please give our best wishes to all the staff across the hospices, of course, in Ireland. Also to the organisations that care for cancer patients. Our daughter, Ashling, died in Our Lady's Hospice in Harrow's Cross at 31 years of age. And Monday was her third anniversary. Ah, oh, OK. And the third, the staff were truly amazing and loving and caring. And they also helped us to pre uh, prepare uh, for her final weeks there. So please donate. And they uh, really need your help from Nolene in Carlo. Your daughter, Ashling. OK, well, we'll think about her today and... Uh, and uh, condolences to you and I hope you're doing okay that's that's an empty chair right there um, and it's three years so that probably just feels like yesterday so mind yourselves and thank you for your text and thanks for being with us this morning uh, Kathleen says it's a hard time yeah but we can get through it uh, one day in one hour one minute at a time so do the best you can and help who you can and bring a bit of joy to whom you can we watched the first episode of The Witchery Season 2 and it's good so happy Christmas to you all and a happy new year from Kathleen. Thanks, Kathleen. Thanks for the Christmas cards from uh, Anne and Martin Quinlevin and the Raymond family and Amber Dawes from Monaghan, who's only 11. And uh, Una, do you remember the young girl who played the harp on the toy show? Sent me the most beautiful musical card. I know she went to a lot of trouble to find it and a, and a book of, of how to make uh, cupcakes and mugs. And, uh, and Una, I'm sending you and your family so much love this morning. Uh, you were one of my highlights of the year. I just loved meeting you and you're just extraordinary. Um, and thank you for being in our world. Uh, thank you to the Cairns family also for the for the lovely card. And Michael Bean and the residents at uh, the nursing home there in Offaly. Thank you for taking the time to write to us. We really appreciate it. Catherine O'Sullivan says, I listen every day. I would miss that hour for anything in the world. <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't edit that out. I feel validated now. I am only an old age pension. What do you mean you're only an old age pension? Good God, woman, you've done the world some service. A retired nurse as well. Uh, since COVID-19 arrived, I've been happy being at home, enjoying my birds and nature and the healthy West Cork, fresh air and sea. Beautiful. And the beauty of which my dear 89-year-old husband brought me to. I enjoy my 16 lovely grandchildren. Thanks for your support over the last two years. You've been so good. You've been so good, Catherine. Well, same to you, Catherine and uh, Catherine O'Sullivan. Thank you for uh, letting us know how you are today. Meanwhile, Anne McDermott is calling us from Loch Ray to say, Loch Ray, call it. You should come and see our super new Christmas lights. They are beyond beautiful. A community effort led by Ronan Dervin, who had the vision to fundraise to replace the old lights. The town is magnificent. Great on. We'll be down. There's cake and chicken curry to be had there. This for sure. Is, is it Wheelers we go to? But the, We were there before, but it's, it's a great spot. Somebody will correct me. I have no doubt. Thank you to the wonderful nurses in the eye department of South Infirmary Cork, especially Margot for the amazing care and kindness from Carol Shine. Let me tell you quick, I was chatting with my mother this morning on the phone and she was telling me she was having a cup of coffee yesterday and um, she was she was on her own having a cup of coffee and she saw a woman put, put her mobile phone down beside her and 
started to cry. Um, my mum, who's who's very kind, and she said, "Do you mind me asking? Are you okay?" And the woman said, "I'm fine. I'm fine." She said, "I just that was my husband. He he can't make it back for Christmas now." Said, oh, crikey, that's not good. Um, and she said, it, "I wouldn't mind, but my my daughter is abroad too, and she she's announced earlier in the week that she can't come home for Christmas. So that's I'm two down." Right, and I have a son too, but he's got COVID, so he's isolating, so he can't come. So now then there was one, then there was one, and she said, "I've got this turkey. I'm not sure what to." I'm, I, you know, they had a conversation, and by the end of it, my mother, being my mother, she she had her laughing, and and uh, they got on well. And uh, but the reason I'm telling the story is twofold. One is, do you remember we spoke about the person who the lady was listening in, and she wished she had said something to the man and the chemist. And I think that this lady benefited from the kindness of a stranger, in this case happened to be my mother, but saying, are you all right? There's nothing wrong with asking someone if they're okay, if they're crying. And if they want to say, uh, I'm fine, leave me alone, let them be. But maybe they actually would love anyone. Any, In fact, a stranger might be even better because they become with no baggage and no judgment. So just just a, a, a pass, passing story for your for your delectation this morning. There's an Irish poet, says Kira. Called Padraig O'Tuama, originally from Cork, who has a lovely podcast called Poetry Unbound. I'm not familiar with it, but thank you for sharing that. Poetry Unbound. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, lovely to hear you speaking about Lochray so fondly, says Eva. I come from a parish outside this town, but it's still home for me. I have wonderful memories of my first job in Galway, in the Bank of Ireland. And my days in the Bank Tashtal going all around Lethermore and Cotamara. Not well. And sessions in the beautiful pubs and the crack. Merry Christmas to you all and to you. And thank you for your lovely message. 51551. Uh, John has been on by email. I'm calling you from, uh, I'm enjoying the show from Omniplayed London. Ah, yes. I'll be flying home to Cavan for my first Christmas with family in 40 years. Crikey. My sisters, Anne in Boston and Grania in Brazil, have brought our old fa- bought our own family home on Church Street where all but two of my mo- late mother Judy's seven children were born and both have flown home for the festive season. This is great. I want to come to this house. It'd be great. Crack. We were told to celebrate Grania's 60th birthday at the Farnham Hotel on Tuesday but COVID will pay to that. I mischievously suggested driving the short distance to Newtown Butler to in County, County Fermanagh. Maybe raise a post eight o'clock glass but this would be against the spirit of the attempts to lick this pandemic. So we'll probably go to the pub and come home at curfew time and deck the halls as we have done in the past. Why the halls have remained our neighbours for so long remains a mystery. <laughs> That's his gag. It's okay. It's okay. You want to deck the halls? Maybe they're troublesome neighbours, you know, sometimes. May all the Mackintees wish all the Tubberdies and all your audience a happy Christmas. That's lovely. Thanks, John. Same to you and yours. May I wish you and your listeners a grand Christmas. Even better. Happy Christmas to you all. Listening to those people whose hearts are breaking, says a text uh, this Christmas. We're very lucky in our family, thank God. This year anyway, and we're thankful. That's it. I uh, hope you have a lovely Christmas. Same to you. I'm sitting outside Crumlin Children's Hospital waiting for an appointment with my son. But I want to wish a happy Christmas to all the families I will spend Christmas in hospital. That's exactly it. Uh, so sending you all the love to you in your car sitting outside the hospital. Do you know that a lot of people, This I've, I've noticed this in the last couple of years, a lot of people listen to this show in hospital car parks. And they listen as they head in and they listen when they come out having heard whatever news and they just sit and go, wow, didn't see that coming. And hopefully they listen sometimes having received the most beautiful news in the world going, we're out, we're free, we're released. You know, that's, that's the nature of it. 
I'm a retired assistant governor in the Irish prison service, says Sean, who used to work Christmas Day regularly. And it can be a tough time for inmates and their families and the staff. On two occasions of a Christmas morning, I had to make the call to tell mothers that their sons had died in custody. I had a more pleasant but just as impactful experience while informing inmates as to who was getting temporary release over Christmas. One year, a young lad came into the governor's parade and this is where inmates meet a governor to make special requests. And I told him he was getting out Christmas Eve. Uh, He'll return a few days later, but he was free. After a short pause, he asked, could he get out on St. Stephen's Day instead? When I asked him why, he said he wanted to have a Christmas dinner as he had never had one before. I talked to him and he told me that most Christmas days his parents would be too drunk or too high on drugs to do anything for the kids by a packet of crisps. I spoke to the powers that be, got his dates rearranged and the smile on his face on Christmas Day with his plate packed high with turkey and ham. Not all people are so lucky at Christmas, says Sean. That's quite something, isn't it? Please can I stay in prison to have my Christmas, uh, to have a Christmas dinner. Um, this is a, a rather sad email, but you know what? We, we're reading Happy and Joy, and that's it, it, that's the season. Um, this is from a listener who asked to remain anonymous. I understand that entirely. I'm, I'm here shedding a tear as I often, as I listen rather, to uh, many different stories and experiences of your listeners. This day last year, that it was yesterday when you wrote this, my lovely brother of 57 years was alive. However, in the blink of an eye, he left us on Christmas Eve no longer being able to cope with this world. As he, as his first anniversary approaches, I'm trying to embrace and, and celebrate his life. I feel he is at peace and will always remember him as an intelligent, vibrant and independent man, a husband, a father, a son, a brother, an uncle, a granduncle and a friend. We've had a tough year, all of us dealing with his loss in our own way. There are so many unanswered questions, but I hope to celebrate his life with my elderly parents, who are, of course, heartbroken after losing their beloved son and family. Uh, he will never be forgotten. I know there are many families going through similar heartache, but my message to them is remember the time we had and cherish the memories and mark each anniversary of the celebration. They may be gone, but they'll never be forgotten. And for those who may be listening and finding it hard to cope, seek help. Talk to someone. Help is there and the future will be brighter. So please don't read out my name, but thanks for doing what you do and and you're saying nice things there and I appreciate that but the bottom line is uh, that is a, a, a thoughtful uh, heart-wrenching difficult beautiful message and um, yeah we're thinking about you uh, this morning and your parents and the extended family and, and by virtue of that to all the families who are going through anything uh, similar like that and that's why it's a time as we say of reflection and that's why I'm going to play this uh, which I think is one of the most extraordinary pieces of music that was ever recorded uh, by one of the most amazing voices that was ever put to record. And it is uh, not a, the usual type of song or music I'd play on this programme, but sometimes some music can elevate you and bring you somewhere where you need to be when you have thoughts about the world. And this is one of such songs.
Bam for the trouble soul, eh? That's uh, Luciano Pavarotti and that is uh, Ave Maria, a little after 9.30, which is a song, as you say, a text says it was sung at my dad's funeral three years ago, Ryan, and I miss him so, so much every day. I'm finding this Christmas more difficult than any before. Well, I'm not surprised to hear that because everything's a little heightened, but I must say I'm, I'm wishing you every, every uh, good luck and uh, happiness this morning. Una in Dublin, I, on a happier note, says, I walked down the aisle on my wedding day in 1988. And this brings back great memories. And another said, the minute Ave Maria started playing, my baby stopped feeding to listen and kept turning toward the radio. Isn't that something? Wow. Imagine if that baby grew up to be like this world-class musician who just was all about music. Amazing. The greatest voice ever is deserving of any radio programme, says Brendan. Just in tears thinking of the many times I heard the big man, Pavarotti, sing. Once I was yards from standing so close to the stage in the side wings at the Royal Opera House. He was virtually singing three yards from me in the opening act of Tosca. The angels are lucky to have him. That's well said. Uh, let's uh, take a little break. We have so much happening. We'll be back shortly. Nolan was walking down the was was walking the dog when Ave Maria came on. There's something incredibly moving about listening to an extraordinary song whilst you're doing something very ordinary. Well said. Uh, thanks for everything you and the team do. Thanks and uh, thanks to you for listening. More importantly, happy Christmas to y'all. And um, I want to say good morning to uh, Ruth O'Connor. Hi, Ruth. Hi, Ryan. How are you doing? How are you doing over there? I'm not too bad, thank you. What I loved about what you've been talking about recently is the fact that you mentioned a game that was a, like, Pavlov's board game, uh, <laughs> Mastermind. Immediately the cover of the box jumped out of my mind. Absolutely. Mastermind. Um, <laughs> so listen, who didn't have a crush on the Mastermind girl, you know? Um, yeah, so um, recently... Um, yeah. Uh, unearthing, uh, uh, clearing out uh, the family attic um, uh, in my mother's house, myself and my siblings unearthed uh, a lot of our childhood games and toys and um, yeah, it was a real trip down memory lane. Let's stick with Mastermind. I'm on a one-track mind here, Ruth, um, okay. just for the moment. Remind us what the cover was of the box and even what the game was. I remember a lot of plastic and little pins going into holes. Yeah, so of all the games we uncovered, Mastermind seems to have been the most, you know, inclusive <laughs> and international in scope. Um, it was a puzzle game um, where you put pegs, uh, your opponent put pegs behind the screen and through a series of movements you have to try and come up with the colour, the pegs in the sequence in which they place them. Um, and actually, funnily enough, I've recently discovered since the article came out that the current iteration only has four pegs, uh, a more simple version of the one from our era of Ryan, which has six pegs. <laughs> and did we ever discover who the mysterious woman in the white dress and the, and the man in the chair were, I wonder? Um, yeah, uh, we did. Um, so they were both amateur models, um, Cecilia Fung and Bill Woodward. So Cecilia was um, a student, I think, in Manchester University and apparently Bill was something of local celebrity and hair salon owner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, there was a lot of hair, if I remember correctly. That's that's great. OK, so that's the mastermind. Well, I'm so glad to get that out of the way, Ruth. Thank you very much. Okay. Let's go back to the origins of this. We've been talking about the Swedish death clear out yesterday. And how, yeah. how, you know, if you want to kind of, what, what did they were saying that you want to put, kind of get your kind of um, ducks in a row before you said goodbye, ultimately you wanted to get rid of stuff. How did you end up coming to uh, get, go, go through everything? 
Well, so actually, funnily enough, I heard of this uh, Swedish habit um, about a year ago and I said to my mother, you know, um, maybe we should do that together. And she said, well, I can tell you one thing, you'll be doing it when I'm gone because I don't have the energy for that. And um, my mother sadly passed away suddenly at the end of June this oh, year. Oh, I'm sorry to and, hear that, Ruth. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, I can now understand why she said she'd leave it to us because we went up into the attic and it was literally like our entire childhoods were up there and actually very little of my mum's own stuff. So, yeah, um, my mum was a, a wonderful uh, craftsperson and uh, a brilliant amateur artist and I uh, write a lot about fashion and craft and design and you know, categorically, I wouldn't be doing what I do today if it wasn't for her influence. Um, yeah, and well, yesterday would have been her birthday, actually. So. Oh, gosh, what, what age would yeah. she have been yesterday? Um, well, she always told us she was born on the shortest day of the year in the coldest year on record, so she would have been 70, <laughs> uh, 75 yesterday. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear. Yeah. I hope you're doing okay in the middle of it all. Yeah, um, thank you. Uh, we, 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 I presume the attic then was stuffed with... Uh, arts and crafts material as well as everything else but when you went up you've got to ask yourself I suppose why do our parents uh, and why did they put everything up there uh, with the view to never seeing yeah. it again I mean I think I take after my mother in that I'm a very sentimental person you yeah, know sentiment, so everything yeah. up there from old Christmas cards to uh, to you know the toys but I think um it was probably a product of that generation as well that people felt that something would come become useful again at yeah. some point, you know, or yeah. that maybe our kids might play with them. And in fact, as the article came out in the Times at the weekend, I've had loads of people contacting me saying, you know, my nieces and nephews still play with the toys um, we played with as children or my grandkids now play with my toys and so on. So it's been a really lovely way to connect with people. What sort of games are we talking about? I'm a, I'm a fan of the games now, I must say. Okay, so, um, well, aside from all the Cindy's and Tiny Tears and so on, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, people might remember Downfall, which yes. was, um, you know, the, the blue board with all the dials and you had to try and twist um, your little uh, counter down to the bottom, um, you know, while your opponents twisted um, in an anti-clockwise fashion, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is really frustrating. Um, but there was also battleships, and up against time seems to have really sparked some memories for people. Um, that was described as, um, uh, you know, it was kind of like a really like adrenaline-inducing game, but basically just involved uh, a metal marble descending a ramp um, while. You stacked plastic barrels on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy going, it's genius. Absolutely. Uh, it did a job. Uh, did, did, uh, Cluedo was in there. Um. Cluedo, Cluedo was in there and Cluedo is still popular. And I think what's great about Cluedo is that the manufacturer is now partner, you know, with lots of different yeah. um, themed ones. So you have your Harry Potter, Cluedo and so on now, or Star Wars and, and so on. So I think that's how they've managed to keep that game very contemporary. That's clever. And I noticed uh, in, in, in recent times, I got a very nice gift of a, a Roald Dahl Monopoly uh, set. Yeah, and I yeah, know that absolutely. we had Adventure Time Monopoly in our house at one point. And so you're right, they, they, they've drifted into other franchises, as it were, but, um, but to great effect, because I think uh, younger people listening are familiar with a lot of the games you've just mentioned because they, they have a timeless uh, feel to them. 
absolutely. And I think Guess Who is another kind of evergreen oh, yes. toy that's lasted the pace. But um, thankfully, uh, you know, the cast of characters has become a lot more diverse since we were we were kids. You know, so um, it was it was a largely white cast of characters when well, we were small. Yes. Um, thankfully, uh, you know, it's it's changed to reflect. Um, uh, life nowadays in Ireland which is lovely you know uh, Emer was on to say it's gas to hear you talking about Mastermind uh, I brought bought a beautiful wooden version of Mastermind this year for one of my nephews I got it in the art and hobby shop in Douglas Court shopping centre in Cork and we played it many ago, years ago and I loved it so I'm happy uh, hoping rather that he, he will he will love it too did, did you try oh, any of these games with your with your own boys um, yeah, so um, my son was playing Battleships uh, the other day with one of his little pals and um, he said, you know, they, I, I was amazed to see they were actually engaged with it, you know, for over half an hour. And then um, what other one did we play? Um, oh, yeah, he tried the down up against time and he said, I know this is a really simple game, but it's actually really fun, which was a lovely thing to hear from, like, somebody of, you know, uh, the Minecraft and Fortnite yes. generation. Yes. Because, you, you know, you'd imagine that they wouldn't get quite the same rush out of um, such simple games. But I think the tactile quality of it is what um, still appeals to people, you know. I was always slightly freaked out as a kid by my sister's um, decapitated doll that she could do the hair and, and makeup on. You know, it's like it's like a like something of a headless. Ryan, you're just trying to like drag up the past. That was no. the one toy I always wanted that I never got. Now, now take a, take a seat on the psychiatrist's couch, Ruth, and let's discuss I know, I know. Uh, what exactly the impact of not getting that headless, <laughs> the bodiless, <laughs> the decapitated doll. Uh, yeah, I think it's called Girls' World or something. As far as well, I remember, and then there was Fashion Wheel as well. I didn't get Fashion Wheel, but um, one of my uh, favourite things ever was the Madame Rosa. Um, crystal ball no what's that oh it was the most amazing thing ever so basically you got a deck of cards a book a crystal ball some hoop earrings (laughs) a headscarf (laughs) yeah definitely of its (laughs) time Ruth definitely of its time (laughs) (laughs) and some rings with magnets in and then you got somebody to choose a card and you put it into the crystal ball which lit up with the magnets and you could tell people's fortune and funnily enough I opened the book the other day and the first page that opened was you will be a journalist (laughs) yes I see you in your future full circle yeah yeah uh, that's brilliant full circle I love that I remember the, the Osborne guides to things like detectives I wanted to be a detective for about three and a half minutes when I was about <laughs> nine. And one of the things they say, I remember calling, and they said, put talcum powder on, 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 on in an empty tin of biscuits and the okay. robber, the robber will, will stand in it and you'll have his footprint and that'll help oh, well, solve the crime. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. You know what? Of course I did. I left it outside a neighbour's house. Oh, but I know this, the innocent time. <laughs> I know. It's so innocent. Um, I played the game. It's a text saying, I played the, the original Mastermind with my grandchildren, Finn and Ali. And they love it. They get so excited playing with me, especially when I'm struggling. And it's wonderful. So um, great. Have a lovely Christmas. That, that, that Within that comment, by the way, is, is, is an interesting reflection, Ruth, in some ways, because a lot of the games today on phones are you versus the screen. Mm. These games are you with your granddad or you with your sister or you, you know, the board games were, and I'm not trying to do the, kind of the full Pollyanna, it was much better in the 80s, but just vis-a-vis how in, internalised and insular the, the, the modern gaming is, this is Well, I think uh, what I see with my own kids is that um, they might be playing with other people, but those people are not in the room. That's it, yes. Um, but 
And also the other thing that's beautiful about these games is that they're intergenerational. So you don't have to have particular tech skills or a particular program. You don't have to have downloaded a certain game, you know, on your Xbox. You can actually just take out a box, put it on the table and play it with your granny or, you know, somebody of a different generation. Um, So I think the simplicity and... um, the exactly. accessibility of them is what's remained timeless, really. Um, a text, you like this, uh, I played Mastermind with my grandfather and the family had to separate us. We had a big fight and only a few years later we <laughs> we discovered we were both colourblind. Um, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I had a message from somebody who said, well, you've brought back so many memories of Game of Life keeping me and my siblings sane on a rainy summer holidays in Tremor. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. I mean, yeah. I used to find Monopoly just went on too long and went on forever. And by the end of it, you're going, okay, was somebody just... I know. Was somebody sell Kimmage to me so I can get out of here and <laughs> get a... Or whatever it might have been. I was thrilled if you got Aylesby Road as well I mean yeah, that's still a dream of mine to be honest <laughs> Someday Ruth you'll get a headless doll on Aylesby Road and your dreams will all come true in one Absolutely um, But also I thought Monopoly was a very interesting one I noticed they played, played it in succession recently I, It brings out the kind of the, the worst in people I thought Monopoly was a very you kind of suddenly see the, the shysters and the charlatans Absolutely. and the yeah, spoofers I think I that is to say successful right business cheating as well <laughs> Yeah <laughs> So I wasn't a big fan of that. Anyway, Eagle Eyes Action Man, if George Orwell ever decided to design a toy, says Paul. Uh, the decapitated head doll still gives me nightmares, says George. And that, <laughs> that, that do- is that doll still a thing? I wonder. Can you buy one yes, today? Yeah, yeah, you can still get them. And uh, in fact, my little niece, uh, Isla, in, in the UK, has asked for one of those makeup tables, the hair and makeup tables yeah. from Santa. So, I mean, yeah, people still love all that stuff, you know. I'd love um, it. Yeah, it was on. quite funny. We found... Um, I think it's called the colour wheel and we thought it was the most extraordinary thing when we were small but essentially it's a plastic platform with a small mirror and some cardboard circles that you coloured in and then twirled. (laughs) You're really selling it. (laughs) For a kaleidoscopic effect but you know when we were kids we thought that was just the most amazing thing ever. Next stop the hoop and stick. Is there any game that can be played Annie wants to know through a closed door as my son has COVID he'll be in his room for Christmas so what do you what do you play oh, with somebody wow. there well he'll, if he's not on his Xbox what do you play with somebody through a closed door that's a tough one could you put cards mm-hmm. under the but then that, that's covid as well you got to watch I don't know the answer somebody will, will no doubt wow well, what kind of world are we living in well that's the, <laughs> I'll the, have a think about that one we'll have to the covid friendly uh, through the door games that's a whole new yeah, uh, best to them. that's your next article Ruth waiting to happen um, okay we're going to leave it there for now but Ruth thanks for, for for, uh, for, for coming on and chatting with us there. I really enjoy that. Thank you so much. And Ryan, could I just give a quick shout out sure. before I go? Because I know you've been talking about the kindness of strangers a yes. lot this week. Um, the other day I received a magnificent piece of art uh, te- by textile artist Karina Ryan. Uh, I don't even know the woman, but she sent me this beautiful framed piece that she'd made featuring a photo of my mother from the 60s. What a nice thing to do. I give her a little shout out as well as all my nieces and nephews and my kids. This okay, Christmas. well that's lovely. And we're thinking about you and, and, and your late mum this morning, Ruth. And thanks for your time. Happy Christmas to you and your family. Thank you very much. Not Ryan. at all. It's 12 Bye. minutes to 10. Back shortly. The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1. Uh, have you heard... Oh, oh, I feel a bad joke coming on. Have you heard uh, the about the new game called Bonopoly? It's quite like the original, except the streets have no name. Gah! 
Without going into detail, another text says, I was having a very bad week compounded by the problems of the previous week. And when Ave Maria came on, and, and while it has solved nothing, it has opened a pressure valve that has made today better than yesterday. See, okay, well, make that a rabbit hole and start listening to more music like that. Put it on and try and um, bring yourself through the, the day. And, um, and good luck with it all, mind yourself. Um, I'm recently retired primary school teacher, uh, this is Tony and Moy Cullen. Good morning, Tony. And beautiful Moy Cullen, another one of my favourites by the carb. I had to smile at your words about glitter. I loved all the Christmas art in school, but I really hated glitter. Of course, children love it. And the more of it, the better. I often found myself in a shop or at a meeting after school and realised that not only my hands, but my face was covered in glitter. <laughs> That's what happens with glitter. No question about it. Um, uh, Scrabble online would be great for the, the, the son with COVID behind the door. It's interactive with another adult even though it's on a screen. My daughter and son played it from London to Dublin. That's a great idea. Thank you for that. And don't forget, if you're talking about poetry, lots of talented modern poets and spoken word artists in Ireland. Uh, so if people want current poetry, get busy. Uh, there's lots of things out there in, in all the, very, the various bookshops around the country. And I'm glad you mentioned that. So happy to uh, point people in that direction. But now, something a little fun. <laughs> Oh, I was just reminiscing about going to see that uh, that gentleman, Paul McCartney, in the O2 with my pals in London a few years ago. And he played that and then snow fell on us in the crowd. It was really particularly nice. Um, let me say good morning to Aileen Brennan. Good morning, Aileen. Hi, Ryan. How are you? How are you nice to speak to you. Likewise. Are you well this morning? you OK? I am indeed, yeah. Well, me, I, I think if you had spoken to me maybe earlier in the week, that was better because we just got a... Our son, Barra, has been identified as a close contact ah. today. And then my friend who comes every Christmas for dinner, her son is is uh, positive. So things oh. change oh. by oh. minutes, oh. don't oh. they? You know what? The, 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 the phones in houses and in people's hands around the country are mm. hopping with calls like that saying, change plan, change plan, change, change plan. plan. You oh, know, absolutely. If we just have to keep rolling and, and it's not always easy. <laughs> Tell me about your amazing daughter, Hannah. Well, yeah, Hannah works in the ICU in St. Vincent's now. And, and to be honest, Ryan, the reason, I, I mean, I contacted, I had actually contacted her late, late, because okay. I hoped Hannah would get tickets for the the show. You remember you were going to do yes, the late, late yes, show, you planned. Yes. To, so I hoped Hannah, because she could really have done with a little cheering up at that stage, things have changed a wee bit for her now because she just recently got married. So congratulations. And she got the keys to her house. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, so things are good for Hannah at the moment. But, um, yeah, through the, the COVID, I mean, it was very, very difficult. I, I can remember vividly the first weekend of COVID, it was around St. Patrick's Day and a very close friend of the family, she actually was Hannah's babysitter, all the kids' babysitter, she died. And, and it was, you know, the weekend when it all really kicked off and we all went to the church at a distance, you know, all those course, awful yeah, memories. Yeah, yeah. And then Hannah left us. And I remember being terrified, you know, what was she going to? And 
And, you know, every morning I'd wake up and she'd do a night shift and waiting on the call. You know, not that she could tell you she's all right, but, you know, you, yeah. you know, you were very anxious. And, you know, she no longer lives at home. You couldn't do any of the comfort things like put in a hot water bottle or, you know, just things that mothers know, like to I do. I know, I know. And put, her, put your arms around her. Um, I just, it was bleak. Um, she found, you know, I suppose living in an apartment, you're stuck in the apartment. She didn't even have a veranda. You'd walk down Dunleary in those days and, and maybe they'd, you know, sit on a bench. They'd moved on by the guards. You weren't allowed to sit. There was no escape. Do you know that? Oh, like, <laughs> but it's like seeing your, your, your son going into the, the, or your daughter going into the front of the war. For an of ICU course. nurse, I got especially in those times, and I think that's I'm so I'm so happy to talk to you. I have to say goodbye, but but before I even say hello, but I am so happy to talk to you because this week and last week to to say thank you to the work of of for all the work Absolutely. of people who work in hospitals. Still, not to lose sight of of how hard they continue to work. And in fact, now I'm, what we're hearing about January is going to be uh, a tough time. So look. Uh, what I'm going to do is um, we will probably not have an audience in the Late Late Show in January due to the restrictions because you can't have entertainment after eight o'clock, as you know, indoors. So, uh, but in, hopefully in February or March we will. And I'd love to invite Hannah and her and her other half into this to the audience You're and join kind. us. Is that okay? Thank you very much. Eileen, happy Christmas to you and happy yours. Christmas thank you for to you. your Good time to today. Okay. Okay. Thank you, million. And that is uh, Aileen joining us with, with her story and a great gentle reminder of just how hard people in that line of business are, are working um, in the middle of all of this. Uh, we've got to take a break before we say goodbye. I met Hannah says a text when my mum was in ICU and Vincent's a lovely young woman there you go the jury has returned with the verdict and thank you to uh, Helen a great loyal listener who very kindly as she does every year sends up in a big box wrapped uh, bag of turf for my Christmas fire and it is <laughs> so nice of her and other bits and pieces in there as well but thank you and uh, it's just very thoughtful and I wish you and your family every uh, happiness this Christmas uh, tomorrow is our last like this last like oh, okay I did that. Come on, I was doing so well, wasn't I? Is our last? <laughs> oh, no, I have to go up and show my face upstairs. And they've left. They've left. They've gone. They've walked out. Uh, it's the last radio show of the year 2021. <laughs> and then we'll be back at some stage in January. And <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think like everyone else, we're all looking forward to recuperating and recovering and uh, reflecting. Uh, but that's tomorrow so join us tomorrow between 9 and 10 stay tuned to Philip Archer Hayes have a wonderful day and uh, thanks for listening is there anyone left outside the Ryan Tuberty Show listen back on the RTE radio player